good morning. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. Where we discuss all the current market trends and the important topics that you need to know before you buy or sell or refinance your home. I'm your host, Michael Thayer with the Federal Savings Bank, and I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. In the studio this morning, we have Miss Andra Brewer back from her pond jumping adventures, I guess you'd say. My hiatus. Yeah. Welcome back, girl. Thank you. Thank you. How was the trip? It was great. Well, I went to Iceland and London, for all you listeners. Um, we purposely stayed way out of the city in Iceland, and it was too warm, and it rained, <laughs> and we did not see any northern lights. But we had a lot of fun. Which you went to go see was the northern lights. Yes, correct. Well, you have to just go back. I know. I guess I will. Yeah. I'll probably hit Alaska next time. There you go. There you go. I always wanted to go there, too. Outstanding place. And Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title, how are you, sir? Man, I'm nodding my head to a little Run DMC intro yeah, there. Man, I love it. That is an excellent song, man. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to date myself, but that's, you know, right in the wheelhouse. That's got to be one of the best Christmas songs going. Going, you mean ever? Ever. Well, some traditionalists might uh, might have a little pushback on that, but uh, it's still, still, uh, still a good song there. I think it's an outstanding song. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. And if you don't know what that song is, you need to Google it and figure it out. Because so, you're missing out. Yes. How are you doing? Man, I am outstanding, man. You've got the heat turned up in this place, though, man. It's starting to get warm up in here. Look, everybody knows that it snows in this room in here, and so I have to have it where I can not get hypothermia before the show's over. As we like to call Chris Coldilocks. Uh, yes. <laughs> Three layers deep, and I still got to still have the uh, air turned up to about 79 in here. You can come in with your hat, man. Yeah, it was colder than Iceland when we came in here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can flicker the lights and show her some northern yes, lights, exactly, make so she don't man. have to go all the way back over there. <laughs> be a cheaper way of doing man, it. That would be terrible going all the way to Iceland to see the northern lights and not being able to see them. Yeah, that would suck. How's the real estate market in Iceland? I have no idea. It's very expensive. From um, I'll tell you the food market. Somebody making some cheese. <laughs> they got to pay the rent somehow, so they're uh, charging. I think she said she had a like a piece of pizza and a drink or something it was like 150 bucks or something <laughs> crazy. Yeah, the food is real expensive. So yeah, too funny. Yeah. You only live once, though. Oh, we had a gas station burger and a gas station burger. I mean, like literally, like we <laughs> ate at a gas station that had like a little diner in it, and I think our meal was fifty dollars for two, like one burger and one fish and chips or something. And at a no, gas station, and there was no roadkill within ten miles because uh, it was at that gas station burger, right? Oh my gosh! Let's jump into some real estate. I I can't handle that. Anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm that, with you. There, that is so. crazy, man. Yeah. So yeah. how's the, how's the end of the year winding down for you, dude? The end of the year is. Does it ever slow down? It just seems like it always just goes. One of my employees said the other day, they go, "I'll be happy when it slows down a little bit." And I'm like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> They're like, "I just want to catch my breath." So uh, it's still kind of humming along. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, this is kind of getting a slower time of the year, just naturally. But uh, you know, I still I, we're still getting calls, and, and people are still still out doing business. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, it doesn't. It maybe a little bit of a slowdown, but I mean, for the last two or three years, we've always talked about coming into the the, the holiday time. It's typically time we can kind of kick back and relax a little bit, but here lately, there's no kicking back, relaxing. It's just yeah. go, 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 go. This is the time of year you go to London and Iceland, and <laughs> well, I, think, I have four closings this week. That's about to say. I'm like, welcome back. <laughs> so well, I think people's kind of figuring the secret out a little bit, you know, about how. 
be, you know one of the better times to look for houses is during the holiday season because if you yeah. are like we say if you're out looking is first of all you're serious and so people are mm-hmm. putting their house on the market know that the buyers out there are yeah. seriously looking for yeah. houses and i think that uh, that secret's been found out well and it's not as hectic or competitive so if you are looking you're not as stressed about somebody else is going to snag it, you know, like right. I got to put in an offer today. Right, rates I mean, have been pushing down a little bit, and uh, so I think it's been uh, it's been a nice time for people to be out to be trying to buy. Yeah, I mean, it's when people are out looking at this time of the year, you know, they're serious. I mean, really serious. So, and there's a lot of people that are still selling, still buying. People are relocating to Nashville. All these companies are being relocated here, jobs mm-hmm. and everything else. So, I mean, it's just. Don't take your foot off the gas pedal right now. No, because it'll still pass you by. I was about to say, you get ran over, man. Yeah, I have a new listing coming up in a week. I mean, I'm like, well, you're on a list on Christmas Day. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I mean, I'm doing listing photos and stuff. It's not, it's still steady. You still seeing the. the the viciousness or has the the bidding war slowed down a little bit with the, let's say, 375 and below purchase price, whereas anything above, you're seeing a little bit of a slowdown? Yes, I've seen a slowdown. I would I would lower that number though. I'd say three fifty and up slowed down okay. and if it's under two, it's gone. I don't right. care what it is. But about three fifty and under has still been pretty steady. Yeah. Yeah, I mean anything I guess the the, the term it the luxury market, I'd say anything around here four, four fifty and above, you're starting to see a little bit of slowdown there. But yet a house that maybe takes thirty days to sell. Maybe the luxury homes taking forty five days. Mm-hmm. Well, the rates will have a lot time. to do that with that, though. Okay, if the rates if the rates were to stay where they are, or go down a little bit, it allows people to buy a little bit more yeah. uh, than what uh, than what they were looking if the rates were a little bit higher. So it could, that, I think that price point actually kind of fluctuates out. The rates fluctuate because it it just changes what people mm-hmm. what people are, what they want to pay or what they can't afford to pay for a house. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you know, one thing I want to get into today is you know a lot of people are still asking us. There's a bubble coming. What about this bubble? What about this recession? What about this? What about that? You know, we've talked about many, many times on the show how there's not a bubble coming. And we've recited multiple facts and everything else. And one thing I want to get back to is, or go over, and we haven't discussed this in a while, is 2008, how were Americans treating their homes? How were Americans looking at the real estate market, the whole nine yards with the rates and everything else. And at the same time, house values were surging. I mean, they were just going through the roof and rates were dropping. So you've got house, you got home values going up, rates are dropping, Americans and spending like crazy. They're using their houses like an ATM. There was people that were refinancing, cashing out, paying off all the debt, and then they'd go do it again. And then by the time the actual housing collapse hit, they, they were so underwater. Right, right. So a lot of people talk about all this negative equity and all this, you know, the negative housing numbers, but some Americans have put themselves into that position. Sure. You know, so, you know, when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about that a little bit more and how today is a white, black, color, gray, I mean, however you want to spin it, polar opposite from 2008, which will give you some... Some assurance that we're not going back into another bubble. But been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. I'll be so blue. 
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, and in studio this morning we have Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title and then Miss Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty. And before the break, we were talking about how... You know, everyone's concerned about there's a bubble. There's another bubble coming, another housing collapse, another financial collapse, and it's just this doom and gloom. And, you know, we've talked about many, many different topics and facts and comparisons from today's market versus, you know, 2006, 2008, and what, you know, what led up to it. So if you missed any of the previous shows, check us out online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio. And, you know, this recent uh, blog post we put out there, we talked about how homeowners would refinance their house, convert their equity into instant cash, which is known as a cash-out refi, because their homes were appreciating so rapidly. Many homeowners tapped into their equities, and they did it multiple, multiple times. And basically, when the housing market did hit its peak, the homeowners had no money left in equity-wise. And when you looked at the numbers, back between 2005 through 2007, Americans were cashing out $824 billion, with a B, billion dollars in equity. $824 billion. Compared to now, uh, three years back, they've only cashed out $174 billion. That's a difference of $650 billion difference between yeah. now and 10 years ago. That's crazy. So, I mean, no, even though the values are going up, just like they were back during the uh, pre-collapse, the American public is not going back into that same debt position as they did before. So that's another good example of, hey, there's not a bubble coming. Plus, the lending standards are a whole lot tighter. They're not giving just the loans away to just anybody and everybody. I mean, back in the day, they'd allow us to loan to somebody that had a 580 credit score, 100% financing, no money in the bank, 55% debt-to-income ratio. I mean, they had no business buying a house, but they wanted to do it all day long. And we're going to get into why that is. Actually, you know, we'll just jump into that now. You know, a lot of people don't understand what happened, what what led to that whole spike and what, what was, you know, the catalyst to it. Because everything everything was going good. Then all of a sudden, it just blew up. Right? Yeah, well, the housing market kind of comes in cycles like the economy does. You know, of course, everybody remembers 2004, okay? Uh, The one prior to that was in 94. And, you know, sometimes things do soften or are softening a little bit. You know, it has people wondering, you know, just how bad is it going to get? Is it going to be like it was in 04 or or what? But, um, but, you know, they're not, the, the fundamentals in the cycle are just nowhere near as risky um, as they were in the mid-2000s. You know, the data shows that um, it looks more like 1994, right. um, which is remembered because of the financial market turmoil at that point mm-hmm. in time. There was more turmoil in the financial industries, which sounds familiar, right? We're hearing mm-hmm. that right now on the news yeah. if you turn the TV on and you're, you're kind of seeing that. Um, and there was an sure. increase in interest rate points, too, yeah. uh, which were hovering around 9% yeah. back in 1994, which could you imagine right now? Yeah. I was about to say, people complain about current and, rates. And saying that, uh, hey, uh, we're going to get you a 9% interest rate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be. They're like, I got a heck of a deal. Nine <laughs> percent. Yeah, so it has to do more with the short-term rates um, itself, and then you know, of course, our housing supply is. You know, we've been mm-hmm. underbuilding. We've been underbuilding properties uh, because the cost of labor is expensive, cost of land is expensive, and it's just not kept up with the increase in population. So yeah. uh, the shortages in properties as well has kind of contributed that. So all the factors show that it's more '94, uh, which was more of a correction in the market, and, and less 2004, mm-hmm. which everybody remembers is just a bloodbath. Yeah. 
You know, another thing to stay with the 90s theme, a lot of people don't realize or connect the dots that back in 1997, President Clinton nominated uh, Andrew Cuomo to the HUD, the House and Urban Development. He was the secretary that oversaw HUD at the time, and basically the whole commission was increase home ownership. I mean, just increase it. And President Bush was any trying to do the same necessary. thing. Any means necessary. Yeah, any means necessary. And you can see that clearly on the uh, mortgage of, um, credit availability index, which is kind of a hard index to visualize without seeing it. So for you guys listening, I'm going to try to paint this picture for you real quick. Just think of a regular graph, and across the bottom you got your years, starting at 2004, going all the way to the day. And then up the left-hand side, you have a zero that goes all the way up to 900. Zero is basically your break-even. And when I say break-even, zero means you're not lending to anything. Nobody's going to loan. Banks aren't making loans. There's no lending. Well, leading in to the housing collapse in 2000, what was it, 2004, home affordability was at 380. Okay? And keep in mind, zero is, is zero. Just, just use that as your, your reference point. In three short years, from 2004 to 2006... The index went to nearly 900. So it was like, pew! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it almost, I mean, it effectively doubled. And then you bring it back to where it is today, it's back around, you know, 150 to 200 point range. And that's a nice, healthy index because you're not just giving loans to anybody. I mean, we were making loans for stated income, stated assets. Just show me your credit score, your driver's license, and where do you live? Okay, great. You have how much in the bank? Okay, great. Boom, sign here. There was your mortgage. You were done done. And we were doing that even on investment properties. So when the times got tough and people couldn't cash out of these properties anymore, and then all of a sudden they couldn't make the payments anymore, they stopped paying on them. And then the banks foreclosed on them, took them back, and there's your cycle. But if you go back and Google it, look at the Clinton administration, and it's not, not, a, not a political statement here, but I mean, it is what it is. They wanted to increase home ownership, and it started with President Bush, and he basically said, we're going to increase home ownership. President Clinton appointed Andrew Cuomo, not to say he's the fall guy, but just stating the facts. And they basically pulled all the underwriting guidelines off. You want a loan? It's almost like Oprah. You want a loan? You got it. Yeah. You want a loan? You got it. You want a loan? You, you got it. You got $100 in a driver's license? You, you can got get it. a house. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, when I bought my first house, when I first became a realtor in 04, like late 04, I didn't make squat. Yeah. I mean, I, I my house at the time was 120 grand, maybe. It was a foreclosure. But yep. I did not make anything. Right. You know, I was not You definitely married. didn't show it on paper. No, I didn't show nothing. Yeah. I mean, I literally just changed jobs. I just became a realtor. I did not make a lot of money, and mm-hmm. I was like stated income yep. or something, and I didn't have to show anything, and I yep. bought a house yep. that, you know, I really couldn't afford. And I think we took out a line of credit to fix it up, yep. and, you know, I did all that, too. I did yep. the exact same thing. Luckily, I, you know, didn't lose my house or anything, and right. I ended up making a lot of money when I sold that house, but but I was one of many. Yeah. I mean, the intent was was good. It's just that they just opened it was up the faucet careless. too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, the appraisals got out of control, mm-hmm. I feel like, because they would appraise everything but hit value, even yeah. though you're like, oh, you know. And now we kind of complain about the appraisal market being as tight as it is, and they're like a protective class, and you, you can't do nothing with them, which is 
good, in my opinion. Oh, I, mean, I agree. You had people. So that, it doesn't get out of control. Right, and I try right. to explain that to people when they actually, while I was on vacation, they were like, well, I heard, you know, the housing market's getting kind of loose again and careless. And I no. said, dude, it is nothing like it was back no. in the day. I was like, now an appraiser, you know, they basically put them in a lottery and yeah. it just automatically picks an appraiser yep. versus back in the day, you might be like, hey, Jimmy, come appraise this house. Or, you know, you kind of could pick and choose and, mm-hmm. you know, you could sway things. That does not happen anymore. No, and back in the day, uh, a person writing you alone could have been working at, you know, let's just say Target, Walmart, McDonald's, any place. The day before, they paid 100 bucks. And they got a mortgage license. Yeah. And now you, we've got to go through fingerprints. We got through credit backgrounds. We got a TBI, FBI background. I mean, it's intense. And it, they've just the government itself is just tightening up the purse strings, if you will, on a lot of stuff. But there's lending, a reason. There's a reason. But making loans, the purse strings are not tightened up on that. They, uh, 150 to 200 mortgage avail, mortgage credit available index is a very good number. And if you qualify. And you can show the income that you qualify, and you've got your down payment. You're going to loan. Well, we've talked before about um, if you look at the availability of mortgages. I think you said the credit, the, the credit bureaus or somebody feels like there's actually more room to lessen and to, yeah. to lessen up the restraints a little bit more yeah. right now to open that up, which always scares me when people say, "Hey, we want to lend more." Which I want people, if people can afford a house, I want them to be able to have access to a house. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be like it was where. They just handed it out, you know. They didn't even know if they verified you were alive at that point. Yeah. <laughs> now, and we're going to talk about that. We'll pick up on that when we come back from this break, because uh, that's a very interesting topic, topic and subject there. Hey, you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio ninety eight point three and fifteen ten WLC. We'll be right back. Money Man Mike Town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christmas time. Oh, no, it's Christmas time. You guys, all, you guys all been good and practicing real hard. Have you been good? Yeah. Yeah. Always good. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's jump back into the show. You're picking up the Money Man Mike show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. Where we're talking all things real estate. Listen to a little Christmas music and everything else. Yeah, before the break, we are talking about the Mortgage Credit Availability Index. I never can really say that quickly without tongue-tying myself, but... You know, the thing about it is, we were talking, um, Chris brought up the whole new ways that the guidelines are opening things up for people based on credit and so forth. And the the new thing that's going on is the trending credit report. And at the surface, if you don't understand it or you just hear about it, it's kind of scary that, okay, they're going to start looking at you a different way and then allowing somebody that maybe had some issues in the past. It's like an algorithm, right? Yeah, it's a total algorithm. But it looks at their situation in the past, but looks at how they've been paying. So you can take somebody that has, let's say, an 800 credit score, and you can see that they've been paying their minimum monthly payments on their credit cards, but the balances are steadily increasing. So you can see from that trend that they're going further and further into debt every single month and only making the minimum payments every single month. So they still have an 850 score, but that's about to change really quickly because of the algorithms. However, you've got somebody else, let's say they're a 580, and they're paying two, three, four, five times their monthly minimum, and you can see that their debt load is going down every single month. So ultimately, their credit score is going to rebound, and it's going to show and reflect that. And they're starting to use and adapt that into saying, okay, here's somebody that's paying their bills. And they're paying more than their monthly bills. They're paying stuff off. And you got somebody else over here, yeah, 
on the surface, they're checking all the boxes. They got the high credit score. They got this. They got that. But we can see that they're actually going further and further in the debt, and they're only making their minimum credit scores. I mean, minimum uh, monthly payments. Mm-hmm. Who do but you, you also, want? I know, but you also hear people say, you know, in your world, Michael, where they're like, you know, don't pay off your debts, or you know, sometimes there's people saying that you should, you know, it's better to have credit than no credit, or don't pay your debts down and pay know, it off. Don't close it. Yeah, have it available to pay, you. Paying it off with a zero balance. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that doesn't always apply to everybody, too. I guess no, the point I was going to make is that, uh, you know, there's all these sayings and things that people do out there. And so people, they leave their debt open thinking that's what I'm supposed to do. Or they pay it off thinking mm-hmm. that that's what they're supposed to do. Maybe that might not be the best scenario. Everyone's you different. Know, everybody's different. So uh, before you start paying a bunch of stuff off or whatever you're going to do if you're thinking about buying a house, uh, th- those are definitely questions I would pose to the people that you're oh, working with to sure. ask. Mm-hmm. And see what the best route is, is because that may not be the best scenario for folks to do that. Um, is is to either pay it all off. Maybe you need the money in the bank instead, and you're yeah. and you're, yeah. and, you're, and you're already working okay to do that. But that's a common question I get. Hey, yes. I'm thinking about a house. Do I? I was going to pay my car off first, and I'm like, nope, nope, no. nope. Wait a minute. First thing you need to do is ask a lender because mm-hmm. that money you're using to pay that car off, you might need. It might be okay to pay the car off. And it, yeah, yeah. But, but somebody needs to look at your situation to tell you. Man, I tell you what, though, I'm already getting, I'm already hearing realtors and stuff talk about people, you know, thinking about the markets downturn and going. Oh, the dooming line. Yeah, you know, and their and, and their clients are already going. Hey, can you go find? Can you find me a foreclosure? You know, a thirty percent thirty percent discount on a house, and uh, you know, you just kind of look at them like, what are you? I haven't even seen a foreclosure in I don't know how long. I have no. not been in one. No. I mean, on occasion, well, I'll see... Well, in the paper, there's some out there, but, man, they are few and oh, far yeah. in between. I mean, and there's auction properties that come up here and there, but those are That's typically different. cash deals. Yeah. That's not... Because people don't get that either. They right. think that, you know, you can't go get a loan on a house that just got auctioned yeah. off and somebody paid cash for. It's difficult. So, yeah. Very difficult. Well, auction could be a lot of things. It could be an estate situation. Yeah, it could exactly. be a divorce situation. Exactly. It could be a, it could be could a be bankruptcy a, situation yeah. for somebody. So Yeah, it's the not always is, it's because somebody got foreclosed on. on. Right. I've seen people just auction their house off that don't need to, but they want to auction off because they feel like they get more oh, money sure. for it. So, I mean, there's no reason why they had to. They just want to. And sometimes they do get more money. Exactly. I mean, there's... there's I've been to classes on auctioning properties. Yeah. One, just because I want to know what I'm doing and be familiar with it. Come on, hit us with it. Well, going one time. With yeah, the, no, I'm yeah. not that. I've worked with a couple auctioneers, <laughs> and I've been to some of them before. And it can people do get kind of caught up in the moment. You know? And yeah. they may go over, and absolutely. And they go over. But I tell you what, you have to know what you're doing when you get out there mm-hmm. to those things to make sure that you understand what what you're buying and, and do your homework and research on that. If you show up and just start bidding, yeah, holy no, cow. You yeah. Have there's to... professionals who go to these <laughs> oh, things. Oh, sure. That's what they do. Just Waiting on a good deal, or in case somebody didn't show Mm -hmm. up. I went to a estate sale not that long ago in Bell Mead. I bought this totally awesome bracelet that was signed and numbered by some. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's beside the point. But I did get a really good deal on this. Like, really, it was probably worth like six hundred dollars. I paid a hundred bucks for it. But uh. beside the point, they auctioned off the house, and I was like, I kind of guessing what I thought it would go for. And I had not ran any numbers or knew anything about it. But I was like, I'm, and it was a huge lot. Total right? realtor here. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> so by then, I'm like in my mind, kind of running my own numbers, and I was like, I think it'll go for about three twenty to three fifty. And this was like a maybe an acre lot in Belmead. Just a lot. No, it was a brick ranch, oh, it had a ranch but it was a, it was a tear down most okay. likely just because of what you know where it was. Right, five fifty. No, it actually went for like three sixty. Dang. 
So I was pretty surprised, but and that was because who was there was paying cash, and they actually bought it as a flip or a renovation to build too. I think, yeah, yeah. or something. So people who are out calling around, trying, thinking that they're already going to get a, you know, get some sort of deep discount on some properties. I mean, I, I don't see them. I don't, mm-hmm. Andrew. I don't know if you do or not. No, but, I don't. Man, those, those, those days are. We're a long ways from those days. That, that that's a pump the brakes, man, situation. Because I mean, it's like we told the story before. This analogy. You're zooming down the interstate. You're doing 80, 85 miles per hour. You're in a 55-mile-per-hour speed zone, and all of a sudden you roll up, and there's a cop. What do you do? You slam on your brakes, and all of a sudden it seems like you're just dragging along. It's just going so slow because not everything's zooming by anymore. That's all the real estate's done. Mm-hmm. They've gone from light speed to just slowing down to normal speed. Well, I tell people, too, you know, the the thought of letting the house go to foreclosure, if you've been in the house for a little bit of time and you're in this area, there's a strong possibility you have enough equity in that property to where you could avoid the foreclosure, oh, yeah. sell it, yeah, and make, and, money. and make money and put some money in your pocket. At the very least, you pay your debt off and you avoid the foreclosure on your credit. Um, so if you're somebody who's is in that situation or know somebody's in a situation, reach out to Andrew or somebody and see because, man, you may save them years yeah. of, of financial uh, grief heartache. and heartache because of that. Because more than likely, if, you, if you've been in at least a couple years and you're in this area, the house is You've got equity. More than oh, likely, got absolutely. equity, unless it, you've just completely trashed the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, but I mean, just, I just, that's why you don't, I don't think you see a lot of foreclosures is because you can at least unload the property. Oh, heck yeah. oh, at least sure. for what you paid for it, and, yeah. or at least what you owe on it. Absolutely. And um, after you recommend me, let me correct myself because I think that uh, auction property was more like four sixty. I think that's about a hundred thousand off. Um, I was it's like, wait a minute. Mead. That's I, if yeah, I know. Like an I'm sorry. An acre. So correction, it was a hundred thousand dollars more than I. Because if it was me, I'd buy the house. Well, I remember, split a lot. Yeah. Build another house. I was calculating. We were sitting there calculating. My husband and I. Okay, say they paid five hundred for it, and then they tore it down, and then they built two million dollars. You know, we were yeah, like doing yeah. the full math on it. And yeah. it went for right at what we thought, but I think it was closer to four fifty. So sorry about that. Yeah, to get into what you just discussed, that scares a lot of people. But at the same time, those investors that are out there that that's what they do. do it, that's what they do. That's what they do. They oh, do. sure. Yeah, yeah, all these houses you're seeing torn down and two two are going back up or three are going back up on the same lot that a single house is on, that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, and if you're their neighbor, you probably hate it. But yeah. <laughs> that, From the economics point of view, just like you said, you buy a house for 500 yeah. and you're selling three at a million bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Well, and the cost to build went up quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not but, what it used to be. Materials coming back down. You know, the tariffs thing has finally started settling down some. The and, sidewalk thing. Uh, yeah, I don't see and do that as much because a lot of a lot of people have kind of got out of the mm-hmm. the, the uh, downtown uh, building area right. right now. They've kind of went out a little bit because of all the overlays that yeah. Metro and stuff has put on. But you know, I do hear builders talk about the cost of materials coming down. Um, doesn't mean the cost of land's coming down. It yeah. just more means that the cost to build the house is coming down. So, right. so we'll see. I don't know. I, I, I you know, there's a lot more, lot more subdivisions coming online right now. So I, I do think there's going to be some more choices for buyers who are out in the market in 2019 that they didn't have in previous years. Yeah, and then you got customers that are asking, should I wait? Should I wait to buy a home? And we're going to pick that up on the other side of this break on why you should not wait to buy a home and several reasons why you should not. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. I don't know if there'll be snow. 
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, and in studio we have Miss Andrew Brewer from Benchmark Realty and Mr. Chris Corvo from Midtown Title. And I'm still kind of taken back by how many people still ask, should I wait to buy a home? No, you should not. And that's not a bias. No, it's you're no. in a better you're going to be in a better position based on rates and stuff. Typically for most people, that's not a blanket statement, but no, that's what I think. Chris, I know where you stand on this. It's a a no, but go ahead and put it on the record and let them hear you say it. Oh, well, I'm definitely a no because nothing ever gets cheaper. It only gets yeah. more expensive. Right. I mean, just the laws of economics states that infl- that you're going to have inflation over time. Uh, so, I mean, it's un- inevitable that you're going to end up paying more across the board for something than if you went ahead and paid for it now. I now, think a good thing, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, would be if we started giving people examples of if you bought that house at $300,000 last year, Versus this year, mm-hmm. how much more would you? How, yeah, yeah. How, either how you know how much you would have saved or whatever. Yeah, I mean we've we've got some numbers here in this one blog post we put out there. Just a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, and this is coming from Freddie Mac and CoreLogic. Freddie Mac is where half the more well, say a quarter of the mortgages go through. So I mean they're pretty big, but the Mortgage Bankers Association, along with Fannie Mae, also concur with this. That the appreciation over the next 12 months is going to be 4.8%. That's a national average. So you take a $250,000 purchase in one year, that house is now going to be valued from instead of 250, it's going to be at 262. Okay, so you got a $12,000 gain just right there. Now rates are going up, and in this illustration, we're going from a 4.8, 4.87 uh, or 4.8 rate to a 5.3 rate. Which seems very realistic. Yeah. And that's a monthly payment difference of $143.24. Mm-hmm. So $143.24 over an annualized basis is seventeen eighteen, or actually $1,718.88. And over 30 years, it's over $51,000. Yeah, I you know I think a lot of home buyers if you if they've not bought now and they think that they want to buy are still struggling with the you know the affordability issue the location issue is still mm-hmm. I think really huge and Andrew can correct mm-hmm. me anywhere along the line here oh, yeah. you know people want to be close to things some of the bedroom communities are picking up some because just of the affordability factor but sure. I do know that our industry is is very well aware of the lack of affordability that's going yep. on right now and how conscious people are about wanting to buy a house uh, but maybe just not either being able to or being afraid to do that, and there's, a, there's, I think there's going, there's a shifting in our market. Some, um, and I don't know if it's nationwide or just here, to come up with products that people can actually feel like they can, they can afford, and not because not everybody can go afford a Bellmead house of five hundred thousand, whatever, and tear it down and, yeah. and, and build exactly. a new one. Okay, I mean there, there's places popping up all over town where they're trying to hit those something with a one in front of it, okay, mm-hmm. or maybe a two in front of it. Mm-hmm. it. May not be your three bedroom, two bath, two car garage that everybody kind of gets in their mind. That, that, that they should own, and this is what what life should be about. Uh, be about. But it is an opportunity to own something, to to build wealth, uh, to have a s- savings, and have something that's yours. It just may look different than maybe what your parents had or, or people had in the past to do it. But I, I think our industry is very conscious of that right now, and they're and they're trying to come up with ways to make it more affordable for folks. Yeah, I that's th- my prediction for next year. By the I way, I think the bottom line of every I say this at least once once every few month. If you were thinking about buying a house, 
call a lender and tell them your situation. Call Mike. I highly recommend if you're going to call a lender, call one that knows what they're doing, has been doing it a while, and knows different loan programs, you know, to find something that fits your needs. But the bottom line of the whole this whole entire show, if you're thinking of buying a house, call a lender and see what your situation is. I think sometimes you might be shocked about how far your money will go or yeah. what you oh, can actually sure. get get with your money or or just even what I you're paying in rent. So many people that are like, "Well, I'm saving up, so I'm going to wait till I'm going to wait a year or I'm doing this and I'm like, you need to know where you without ever speaking to anybody, they've made this decision mm-hmm. to save a year or whatever instead of asking somebody that is going to run the numbers. I mean, I'm a good realtor, but when it comes to mortgages, look, I, the math this man does, I don't even I don't get it. I just do what he tells me. Get it. Hey, if you do this, you know, if you do it on 15 versus 30 and do the blah, 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 you're going to save a five bajillion dollars. I don't know. I Just tell me what to do. But that's the difference in knowing somebody you trust and, call. you know, calling somebody that knows what they're doing that can break these numbers down for you. I'll use, like, my uh, my office built on Charlotte Avenue I actually own, and I've bought it. I've been there five years this year, which is actually crazy already. Um, but I look at what I pay uh, and it was Charlotte Avenue five years ago too. What, what yeah, I and wow. what, what what I have, you know. And now I'm looking at what things are selling at yeah. right now, and, oh, and I'm yeah. kind of seeing what people are paying and looking at. First of all, I'm a geek, like, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm running like numbers and stuff like that, and trying to see what payments and what people are just actually paying for rent. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it's three and four times what I'm paying right now that I've known my set payment's going to be on that yep. on that place mm-hmm. until the day you, I pay it off. And you yeah. own it, and they're leasing. Yep. Yeah, and I'm going, you pay what? Yeah. yeah. For rent? Yeah. And, I mean, you're seeing 2,500 square foot offices that are leasing for ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 a month. And this is commercial. I know it's mm-hmm. different than, than yeah, what, sure. what most people are doing here. But the concept's the same, okay, mm-hmm. uh, for what people are doing. And I'm just going, oh, my goodness. You know, that just... If that doesn't trigger something in your mind right there that, I, look, I can budget myself for the rest of my life on this house payment right now yeah. and know what I'm going to pay. And who cares what happens in the future because yeah. I know I can afford this. And they can't go up on it. You're locked yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a win-win all sure. the way around because, it's like I said, stuff's just not going to get cheaper. Nothing gets cheaper. I mean, you see that, or I, I articulate it and see it as in the – you know, Nashville's become this big foodie city. All these restaurants – that have been here for a while, or some that have opened up and they closed, and a lot of them cite cost. Oh, yeah. oh labor yeah. cost. Their food rent was cost. fantastic, but yeah. that you know, the rent's going up. Absolutely, everything's going up. So I mean, if you had just like you, Chris, you've got your your mortgage locked in, and you've got a competitive edge over every one of your competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my, my I can budget now because I already know what that's going to be. Yeah, I don't have to worry about the landlord keeping up with what the market said they should be charging rent for. Yeah. And we say that all the time, where we talk about everything and everything. I mean, anything just, and everything. It's just always going up. And uh, so it's just, you know, it just makes a lot of sense. If you're somebody that's on the fence and are thinking about it, I would definitely not wait because it's it's the situations are not. This is just the best time to do it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many consumers I've talked to where they tell me what they make, and I guarantee you over half of them are wrong. You mean oh, like what yeah. they make for their salary? Yeah, they don't really know. They don't know the way we have to calculate it, and most of the time they're they're underestimating it. Huh. A lot of people will take if, like your W two salary, hourly, whatever it might be. A lot of people will give us their um, their uh, net take home pay after tax. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's and now I always get that backwards. I have to look on the pay stub. Yeah, net take home. They whereas we go off your gross. 
you know, your gross earnings pre-tax. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, why do you do that? Well, it's the way the government says the rules need to be done because the way we're calculating your debt-to-income ratio in a 43, 45, 48 percent, mm -hmm. it works out. It works out very safely that way. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, my take-home is this, and that's like, um, I don't know, you're cutting yourself an extra two, three, four hundred bucks a week, maybe more. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's a big difference over that's a year. That's a huge difference. I mean, it's a huge difference in thinking if you can qualify or not qualify. So, I mean, if you if you haven't talked to somebody that can help you qualify this stuff and figure it out, and then if you're thinking about a down payment and you don't have enough, and we can figure out ways to get you through with 0% down in some cases. And then I've said before on the show, I hate MI, mortgage insurance. But, you know, what Chris was saying a minute ago, your ideal house that you might that you have in your head that you want to go buy... You might not be able to get it initially, but I can't tell you how many people we've closed loans for, Andrea, that they bought a house that wasn't their ideal house. They held on to it for two or three years, and they mm -hmm. walked away and put a significant down payment on a house that they really, oh, really sure. want to buy. That's the majority of what I'm dealing with, especially this year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to work the numbers, and it's just a matter of piecing the puzzle together, and it's not that complicated. So, don't be intimidated by it. Yeah, I have four closings this week. Three of them are sellers, and one of them is probably the only deal I remember this year where they are not making money. And the reason being, they just bought it like one year ago today. Where are they and It's in East Nashville, and it's just there's a lot of new construction over there that they're, you know, what they're compared to. Right. So, I mean, they're not taking some huge hit, but they're probably the only deal, at least right now, that comes to my mind of somebody selling that is not making a lot of money. Not a lot of money. Well, yeah. just making money in general. They're leaving they the table with money. Ago. Yeah, but they bought it. A, yeah, I mean, and it's a, a job ago. relocation. It's they it it's working out better for them as a family to do to make the move and take a you know a little right. a loss. That's a that's an exception to the norm. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I get that, but I'm just saying in general, I don't really remember anybody selling a property and not making money this mm -hmm. year. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. That's inflation. Things are going up. Right. I mean, that's why you should not wait. Everything is going up. Anybody got any predictions for 2019? I think it's going to stay steady and be a yeah. good year. I think it is too. I don't think it's it's going to slack off any i think we're gonna get a little bit a little bit more inventory back yeah i think um, there'll be a little bit of a correction or leveling yeah but but that you know isn't a bad thing no i mean you so can't the stay at the i hear pace. in our industry as far as applications and closings go is between 50, about 15 percent less less that's okay. than, than what we've seen so the 30 percent falling off the earth 40 percent oh yeah and then like we have one slow month in the whole year and everybody's like the bubble's bursting yeah. i mean you know things have to slow down at some point it cannot stay this way no. and it needs to level but i, I do think there's more going to be more inventory available for folks to choose from whether that's new sure. houses that are coming online hopefully a little uh, bit more affordability at least you know, for that there's, there's some affordability going on but i still think houses are going to sell and people are going to buy it may not mm -hmm. be 55 offers in, in a 30 minute period but uh, I mean I think houses are still going to be selling within the time frame yeah. that people need them to to sell and and uh, there might be some concessions in there but I still think we got a strong year ahead especially yeah. for 2018 well, we got to go Jimmy's giving us the music and kicking us out of here if you missed any of the show check us out online at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at moneymanmikeradio or Facebook at moneymanmikeradio okay. <laughs> ho 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 Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas we're out of here <laughs>